Please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're gonna wanna see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Hey, hey, this is Corey. It's Martin the Mailman. And I'm Young Lazy. And we are the Kind of Movie Critics. How are you guys doing? All right. Uh, it's a new year. It's a new year. It is a new year. We haven't recorded since Andor. That was like one minute ago. And I'm I'm sad that I missed that because I really enjoyed Andor, and I wish that I could have been a part of it. I had I had things to say. I mean, you can live vicariously if you actually listen to the podcast. It's the right thing uh, for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was tempted though. You know, you're not because, listening to your own voice. Well, I know, and you're right. It's it's that was one of the the primary selling points. I was like, well, technically, I'm not listening to my own voice, so it would be like listening to a new podcast. So, yeah. That but I really enjoyed Andor, and I'm sad that I didn't get to get to join. So, we're sad to not have you there, but we are glad to have you here today um, to discuss a movie we felt you might know something about. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I I had a feeling. You had a feeling. I had a feeling. Yeah, I had a feeling there needed to be some form of subject matter expert. <laughs> it was definitely not me. <laughs> yeah, when I when I I didn't even know what this movie was until I read, and then I read the IMDb description. I was like, oh, I know why they want me to be here. <laughs> so we're here to fun times. You people. Yeah. Which is, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand, uh, Kenya Barris is first outing as a director i didn't think it was but yeah it's crazy because it's like i feel like he's had five movies by now but i guess he just has a lot of projects and he never directs mm-hmm. um, his first outing as a director starring eddie murphy jonah hill um lauren london and a surprise for me i had no idea she was in the movie julia louis dreyfus uh-huh. yeah. um I, so i'm curious like if this movie was marketed to white people a complete different way than it was marketed to black people, because I feel like having her in the movie is like a selling point, but maybe like, I don't know if black people care, but I was like, oh shoot, some real people in this movie. I don't know. I didn't even know it existed until you put into the chat saying, we're going to do you people. I was like, what the hell is that? I don't even think Netflix markets that much. I think they just drop a trailer and be like, check it out if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was on the Strong Black League um, oh, yeah. Instagram page. So if you follow Uh-oh. that page, you'll see it. I'm pretty sure it was on the Netflix page, too. I just, that's where I saw it. And someone yeah. sent it to me, so. Well, you could tell they put money behind it, for sure. I, mm-hmm. I just felt like, it, it isn't like the normal, like, Netflix cookie cutter, like, comedy. Like, yeah, I was going to comment on that, that, like, of the Netflix, straight to Netflix, it was one of the stronger ones from a production value, script value, and even even the finished product, I thought, was actually one of the stronger films, so. And there's a lot of, like, cameos of actors uh-huh. and, like, yeah, people in it. There's not a bunch of, like, that guy's in it. It's not, like, you know, that guy that's in the thing. Uh-huh. Like, he was like, no, I, I know who these people are. Um, but, yeah. So, what were your thoughts? Um, for me, I felt that it was. I I opened with that that like, I actually thought it was one of the better straight to Netflix films because I I do find that most straight to Netflix films really suck. Um, a lot of them are like really 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 bad, and I felt like I didn't feel that with this film. I didn't think this was a very bad film. I I thought it was very cliche and very kind of standard 
comedy kind of thing, which is fine because there's a, there's a lot of films that do that. So there's there's not a there's not a fundamental problem with that. Um, I just I thought it was cool. I thought it was fine. I, I laughed. Um, I thought it was an okay film. I, it didn't try to be too deep. It didn't try to be too silly either, which I think I, I kind of respected a little bit. But other than that, I thought it was just okay. That was a decent little, you know, hour and a half of my time. What about you, Martin? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's an okay movie. Um, I I could definitely tell like this is from the person who made Blackish and Mixedish and the other ish. I forgot which, which other issues there are. Grownish and the and the Netflix one, which is like a R rated version of those shows. But um. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I kind of expected more because it, it was definitely marketed to people. Like, people knew about this. Like, people were talking about the trailer. People were talking about Kenya Barris's, like, preoccupation with um, mixed race, like, couples or biracial relationships. Um, so I definitely knew about it. I, kn- I knew Jonah Hill was writing it. So, and I liked mid-90s. So I was definitely, like, interested as far as like him being in it and i heard about it a long time ago because i knew andrew schultz was in it because he had talked about like uh-huh. shooting it or whatever on his podcast side so, note i just found out about andrew schultz and he's hilarious <laughs> yeah, so i love his style like i found out about him like a month ago like literally a oh, month yeah. ago i'd never heard of him before in my entire life so he's very yeah, funny yeah I mean, he's, he's, he's not my favorite for like years <laughs> yeah I've, I've known about him but he's not my yeah. favorite but uh but yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't really like this movie that much. Yeah. I mean, I didn't laugh till like thirty minutes in when the um David Duchovny started doing like the John Legend <laughs> ordinary people. <laughs> bit. That was like the first Yo. time I laughed. I think I laughed a few more times throughout the movie. Um, yeah. But hey. overall, I just I didn't feel it. But I love. I actually do love the cast. Like. I, I think they got together like they really tried to make a good movie. They got a lot of black uh actors in it that I really like. And a lot of like um peripheral like actors that like I really like seeing Sam J get a chance to uh have it like a huge role. It was nice seeing Taco. I mean, obviously like I know Andrew Schultz. It was uh it was nice seeing like Nia Long, like yeah. having Nia Long and Lauren London, like two of the most beautiful black women, like in the same mu- movie was kinda cool. And then playing mother and daughter. And obviously seeing Eddie come back and do more like comedy was was really cool. So overall it kind of felt like they were trying to do like a I don't know, maybe it's just because it's Jonah Hill. It felt like they were trying to do a Judd Apatow comedy. I but was like going I don't think say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't it felt think, like a bad Judd Apatow yeah. movie. <laughs> But yeah, I don't I, think Kenya Barris is as funny as Judd Apatow or as edgy, so I don't, it didn't quite work for me. But as like something just to watch on Netflix, I wasn't too disappointed in it. But how'd you feel, uh, Lizzie? Oh, um, I was I was kind of lukewarm on it. Like I, I I saw people saying like it was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> for those out there listening, like Martin uh, texted me and was like, "I just started you people. I'm 20 minutes in and I've laughed once." So I was like, Lord, I, he, I, I was yeah. like, let this not suck. I tell you, like, Martin be giving me anxiety about shit. And then I was uh-huh. like, oh, it's all right. He just hated it. Um, but I laughed maybe like five minutes in when Jonah Hill's sister told me like a young Hulk Hogan. Um, that <laughs> that made me actually like audibly laugh um, with my chest. Mm. I, I, I felt like the same as you. All the cameos made it feel like 
a Judd Apatow movie and there was like all these funny Jewish people and then like all these funny black people that pop up. I really like seeing Rhea Perlman. Um, <laughs> oh, real quick, Elliot Gould is in this movie, but he doesn't have any, Elliot Gould, I mean, is in this movie, doesn't have any dialogue whatsoever. I was like, why is he even here? He probably did have dialogue and it got And cut. they just cut it out, yeah. When he was, when they were, for Yal Kippur, he was like, I saw him. <laughs> yeah, I saw him a few times, yeah. Yeah, but he, I think his dialogue probably just got cut. Because I can't imagine that they brought him there and he didn't say anything. Like, what a waste of Ellie Gould. Uh, um, yeah. I I <laughs> I thought that there was a big chemistry problem between Lauren and Jonah. I did mm-hmm. not believe that these I are totally two people agree. that have sex with each other. Um, and yeah. I think I think <laughs> as much as like I love Lauren, I love seeing her on screen, especially like post nip. Um, this is a role I think for Jessica Williams. <laughs> I think more so than Lauren London. I think she'd have been better. Um, it's she's not a comedian. Like she can't really do comedy like that. Who? Um, Lauren, Lauren London. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think it would have been better for Jessica Williams? Oh, oh, for sure. I mean, I get why they chose Lauren London. Like, there's a huge like Nipsey influence over this movie mm-hmm. like with the music they're, Cali. Mm-hmm. they're showing like sloss and ev like that's that's clearly like a nipsey reference and her being like nipsey's like um i guess widow, widow. it's mm-hmm. like and i you, you could tell she probably had like input as far as like a lot of the la stuff and a lot of la references that came into this um because i think she talked with um i saw an interview where she talked with uh Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill and was like, yeah, this script is really funny, but I want you guys to put like a lot of messaging and soul into the the movie. I, I'm not, I don't want to do something that's just funny. I want to do something that means something. So a lot of the like hashtag message moments, I feel like is something that uh, Lauren definitely influenced. I don't think it worked. I don't yeah, think she don't, accomplished think what she wanted either. to accomplish. Um, yeah. And that was my, I, no, no, that was my biggest complaint actually was, piggyback on what you said about like i think this is this style of movie for jonah hill like i'm kind of done with it i i don't i don't believe in it anymore i think i think jonah hill has literally aged out of this role this style of film like so i'm with you like when i saw the two of them on screen i was like i don't get it i don't feel it i don't believe it you know like i just feel like when i look at jonah hill i i don't see the Jonah Hill from 10 years, from Get Him to the Greek, the, that era of those films that he was doing. I just I just think this isn't the role for him anymore. And mm-hmm. it affects the finished product. Like, I just, I think he should have gave it to someone else. I, I, I think two completely different people should have played those roles. I think so. I think Jonah Hill works with Jessica Williams because I believe Jessica Williams uh-huh. is screw Jonah Hill. I do not uh-huh. believe that Lauren London would have sex with him at all. Yeah. Like, I would, I, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I would have believed yeah. that, like. I mean, like, they, oh, okay. they could have made it believable, but they they go out of their way. Like, I mean, you don't have to have a sex scene, but they the like the closest things they, they get to the sex scenes are like very non-sensual. Mm-hmm. I think they kiss once and, and like they fade to black on a lot of stuff. And yeah, there's they like don't really no touch actual, each other. Yeah. Like there's no chemistry whatsoever, which I, I mean. That was weird. Like. Uh, yeah, um, it, it feels like you're not leaning into it all the way. Like you're, 
you're, you're, you're making this film and then you're not. Yeah. It, I mean, don't get me but, wrong. It's a comedy. Yeah. I mean, I don't but have like, to be completely believable either. But like, but, like yeah. I believe, yeah. I believe that he would be in love with her. I don't believe uh-huh. she'd be in love with him. That's my, my issue. Like, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I think they just wouldn't want to be like, like the gross out, like, sex jokes and stuff from Knocked Up. I don't think they would do that with Lauren London because uh-huh. that would be too disrespectful. Um, Which is, I guess, the difference between like a Judd Apatow and a Kenya Barris. Yeah. I, it just, yeah, I'm with you. It felt like a watered down Judd Apatow film, you know? And I think that style of humor, it doesn't work well when it's watered down. So. How do you feel about uh Eddie? I liked Eddie. I thought Eddie was fine. I mean, he he plays a certain part of the of the film, you know, and and I think he does okay. I think he's, is, I think it's just as forgettable as the the whole the film as a whole. I I don't think he really stood out uh, to me. But at the end of the day, it was nice to see him in this film. I I, I like seeing Eddie do movies. You know, I don't I, I don't want to live in a world where Eddie doesn't make movies. So. I did not like the way his character was written and I do not like the way his character was directed. I think Eddie did as well as he could with what he had, but he was very one dimensional. They didn't give you anything about him to like at all. It was just, he was confrontational for no freaking reason. Um, just cause he could be like, he wasn't a whole person and it was very, very odd. But when Um, you say that was done on purpose. Yeah. But like, why? Like he didn't even seem like he liked his own kid. Like he didn't yeah, seem like I'll give he was you that. into I mean, his children. There yeah. was there was no like loving moment, like loving father daughter moment between them that would like even make you understand why he was so protective. Did you have a thought, Martin? What did you think about? Yeah, him? I guess he was just kind of a dick the whole movie. Um, yeah, and I, I yeah, and it's weird because they didn't really give Nia Long anything to do either. They didn't give her anything to do, but she wasn't nearly as confrontational. Like she actually yeah. felt like a mom. He just felt like the the dickhead hanging around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this movie feels it feels like Meet the Falkers or like Meet the uh-huh. Parents, but like way like a interracial version that's like much worse. Yeah, because um when they when they burn the 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 kufi, I couldn't help but think about Meet the Parents when they when the cat. Was taking his shit in the, in the ashes. Yeah, was, it felt like the same scene almost. Like there's this right. thing of value to the father, and it gets des you know desecrated like that. Um, I said I totally screwed that word up, but whatever. No, you did. Um, but yeah, you know, like it, it was interesting when that scene happened. I was like, yo, this feels like Meet the Parents. Like, yeah, like you're trying to do that. I I kind of heard like people saying that Kenya Barris has an obsession with interracial relationships and mixed race people. Like I don't agree that that's true. Did like where is that coming from? Um, I mean, I, his his wife in real life. I don't know if they're still together, but Rainbow is mixed race. Um, there's a reflection of her being mixed race in both of the depictions of her in Blackish and Black AF, and then uh, you know, Mixedish is a story about her. But I don't see that as him being obsessed. I just see that as him depicting his wife accurately and then telling her story. Like, did you know where that came from, Martin? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't agree about it, but um, yeah, I think I think it's what you said. It's like people just see a bunch of mixed people on TV and it's like, oh, that's his like calling card or his hallmark baby 
basically. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, there's no mixed people in Little. There's no mixed people in Girls Trip. Like, yeah, people need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Did we talk about David Duchovny yet? Oh yes, yeah, who, <laughs> who I I thought actually stood out and I thought was very funny. Yeah, but that was I, funny. I, I I like the exhibit reference because I am an exhibit fan from. I still have 40 days and 40 nights somewhere on a iPod somewhere. Um, but I texted Lizzie today that they, they missed the opportunity to close that comedic loop because they made references to exhibit like four times yeah. and at the end of the film. It's nothing. And, and, and what led me to that too, is I saw I, the one thing the one, probably the second thing I really didn't like, I didn't like how the film wrapped up in like five seconds. Um, with the surprise wedding. I thought that was a little, a little much, but, we're also talking about a comedy, so I don't know. It feels like, I mean, it feels like there should have been a scene where David Duchovny like raps an exhibit song at the at the wedding, except yeah. that like exhibit doesn't have like a huge huge hit that like everybody would know, basically. Yeah, especially like kids nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the movie was for kids nowadays, um, just based on the cast. But, like, I yeah. agree there was an opportunity to pay that off. And I don't think Exhibit is booked or busy. So, like. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you could <laughs> make a cameo. And, like, it's just having, you know, You're David just having a drink with Exhibit in the corner. <laughs> You're not going to convince so, me that you you could put a, you can put a freaking call out to Mike Epps, but Exhibit's not coming. Like, get out of here. I felt weird yeah. about seeing, like, Roscoe's because, you know, what happened um, to B&B Rock. It's like. Is there more like, than one location of Roscoe? Yeah, there's more than one. I don't know if they shot in the one where he was, because his, his joint was like in the hood hood. But I always thought Roscoe's was like a safe place. Like if you were going to go to the hood, like Roscoe's is chill. But like, I guess not, obviously. But it is kind of weird seeing them shoot there. This, this movie definitely felt like a checklist of like a lot of L.A. Fair references bad. to me. As as someone who's never been to LA, the fact that I get most of them, I felt like they should have went deeper. <laughs> Do you feel like Issa Rae does a better job of that? Then is that oh what yeah you're saying? for sure. Yeah, like I mean, she'll she'll do like the message moments where she'll be like, "This is the jungle" or whatever. But like, it's in a way where you don't even realize it until you get there, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that is that is the jungles or whatever," and stuff like that. She she does it like much better i think but i mean this is a hour and a half movie like it felt like he was trying to put in as much references as he possibly could and mm -hmm. was it weird to you how many like needle drops were in this movie yes yeah, yeah. are you talking about the little the little transitions they the little yeah. animated just, and then the, yeah the, the, the songs they chose too was yeah. like a lot of them uh -huh. instead of just scoring it you know what I just thought about maybe even better of a, a casting choice than Jessica Williams. Um, I think Issa Rae would have actually worked in this role too. Yeah, she would have. She would have been great, actually. Yeah. And she's funny. I don't know. Um. So, what did you think about like Julia Louis Dreyfus? Like, um, what did you think about her performance? Um. I. I, I think she's all right. I think she's kind of similar to Eddie to me, where it's like. She's kind of a one-dimensional character. Like, you get a little bit of her outside of that when they're at the uh, temple um, and she's talking or whatever with uh, Jonah Hill. But for the most part, it's like her being like a tone deaf or insensitive or like not understanding 
like seeing seeing Lauren London as like like Lauren London said she's like a toy to her basically and not seeing her as being black but not as like a human being I think that's like her, her driving force but it kind of makes her really one dimensional I guess because the only interaction she really has outside of Lauren London is probably like her daughter and her son so which is interesting because I almost felt like so you have Julia Louise and you have Eddie and then you have David and Nia and like David doesn't really do much in the film. Nia doesn't he's still really funny though. Do, he's he is still funny, but and Nia doesn't do much. A little funny. And then so I, I don't know, I'm almost I, I feel like they drew a line down the middle and said, This is what we're gonna we're gonna take the white mom and the black dad and we're gonna just we're gonna make them one dimensional, we're gonna make them extreme examples, and we're gonna throw these people at it and see what happens. Like that's see? what I felt like they did. I, I mean, even down I, to the rehearsal dinner where they're having the same moment with each other, you know, like, I mean, it's yeah. literally 50-50 split of, like, these people having the exact same experiences. Well, I think it was very formulaic in that way, but yeah. I thought her character was better written than Eddie's. But, just because her her motivation behind things is, obviously, I'm not Jewish, but there are lots and lots of depictions of Jewish mothers and in, in media. Um, she just came off as an overbearing mom who just was socially awkward and he just came off as a dick. Like she just couldn't get it uh-huh. together and he was mean on purpose, if that makes any sense. So like it mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel even handed in that way. And she just she just didn't seem as bad. Uh-huh. Did you guys feel like that or is that just like me? Yeah, I mean I felt like the only time Eddie kind of wasn't being a dick is like when he talks about Farrakhan and how he got the um crown i felt like that's that's where you see him like drop his guard and kind of be genuine for a moment obviously it ends terribly but yeah it's eddie was kind of one note the entire movie i mean even with that though like he was hella confrontational why would you bring up farrakhan to some jewish people (laughs) did that on purpose to get under their skin and i honestly didn't think their comment about like when Eddie was like, um, black people in boats and water. And then it was like, yeah, kind of like Jews in trains. I didn't think that that was offensive. I actually thought it was funny. Nah. I, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't think that that was a comparison of like, don't don't compare the Holocaust to slavery. And I'm like, nah, like you got a bad track record with trains in the same way we do with water. Huh. Like I feel you. I thought that was something they could have connected over. And maybe the joke needed to go like a beat farther before it, um, before it turned into the conversation that it did. Yeah. How do yeah. you, well, how do you feel about uh, the rest of the cast? Like, um, I mean, outside of the parents and like, did you like the cameos like uh, Lala and My- Young Miami and all the other people? Sam J, like, well, I didn't. I like Sam J. I felt like Sam J was that was like a a good use of her. Yeah, um, I thought like she was in her element, and that was a good role for her. I think for someone, if someone had never seen her before, they probably like, yo, she's funny as shit. Um, so like in the same way that Judd Apatow will put someone that he's trying to put on in the periphery, I think like that was like the same kind of thing. If that makes sense. You know what was killing me about this movie is like. As as we're, we're podcasters, we've been podcasting for years, mm-hmm. and whenever you see podcasting depicted on film, it's always terrible. Like, because the fact that they weren't talking into the mics, they were talking <laughs> to, to each other was like killing me. 
Yeah, and, and like then, sitting yeah, to the side. Like, why, yeah. would you, why would you be sitting beside each other other than for the purpose of this damn frame? Because practically, you'd want to look at each other. Right. It was just strange. Well, my thing was he quit his job, and then they were on Complex like a month yeah. later. I'm yeah. like, man, we've been, we've been broadcasting for like five years. And I don't so, even know if Complex does podcasts. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure Everyday Struggle is gone in the it, sports joint they had as well. It, <laughs> like, It looked uh, well, like... Uh, that that's not there was a show we used to host that depending on who you know you can get in certain rooms well not not host a show we used to produce that apple had yeah. its eye on we just didn't have that conversation with y'all <laughs> but <Yeah>. it, <laughs> rest in peace to that show <laughs> but, but even um, the... it did, i mean it's it's not impossible if you know the right people and being that they were in la like maybe there was some rooms they could get it too but well, i agree with you i was just like oh so he just quit his job and like all of a sudden they're like he can live off of podcasting. I mean, to me, it was classic like comedy, you know, hour and a half comedy thing. It's like whatever the main character wants to do with their life, they end up doing it in the third act. You know, if they wanted to be a celebrity chef, they're a celebrity chef. They want to be a skateboarder, they're a professional skateboarder. Like it's whatever they want to do is they end up doing it. And the, the timetable is completely, you know, a mute point. But they didn't so. fix that for they didn't fix that for Lauren. No, yeah. Uh, did they? No. You're right. You're right. They did she, it. She they they didn't know what Howard was, and like I kind of feel like they were treating her like she lied about where she went to college, where she very clearly said she went uh-huh. to Howard. Um, yeah, because she she was like packing up her bedroom or something at the end of the film before. Uh, I don't know before she was, she was before destroying. she. Her, yeah. like, little boards and stuff. Well, no, I mean, after the official breakup. Like, after mm-hmm. the breakup, he goes on to be successful podcast, but she, it was like, you're right, they didn't they didn't let her become whatever it is that she wanted to become. So, damn. I, I just world. felt like that was, like, a conversation that Kenyon Barris probably, had, like, had in real life. Like, with maybe, because uh-huh. Harvard puts out, like, a lot of comedy writers, especially that do, like, late night, like Mike Schur, who... who does like does like a lot of comedy uh, television shows. He he went to Harvard, like Conan O'Brien. A lot of people did. So they always have this um thing of like trying to break through and being like black is hard and being black and not from Harvard is like even harder. So I'm sure Kenya Barris has had like that conversation in the room with like a bunch of people who aren't as smart as him, but are tell but are gatekeeping like that or whatever. So I, that's Through what I felt networks, like that yeah. scene was. So let me ask a question. I, I'm not. I have actually not seen the previous work of the director. Um, where does where does this fit in, in your opinion? Like, where does this fit in in the grand scheme of things? What was the point of this film? You mean it's not like a, in terms of things know, he's written before? Yeah. Like, is it is it part of a journey? Is it part of a different types of stories this person wants to tell? I mean, this movie, it's not an original idea by any means. Um, I don't know. I was just, I, I was kind of wondering that on the on a larger scale. Like, what, what was what was the point of this film? Where does it fit into the body of work? I, I think it fits pretty well as far yeah. as, like, I feel like Kenya Barris wants to be, like, Malcolm D. Lee, but, like, always have messages in his film, but, yeah. like, not be too edgy or too deep at the same time. Um, yeah, so we got pretty deep it, with this last show about the best man, <laughs> but oh, I do yeah. agree that he—that's the tonality he's shooting for. So yeah, yeah, this film definitely follows that 
trajectory. I mean, it's it's rated R, so there's profanity and, and there's no violence or anything like that. So, and there's sexual situations. But I think this is like an evolution of probably stuff he was doing on uh, Blackish. But I, I never, I haven't really watched that much Blackish, so I couldn't completely tell you. But um, it definitely feels like his style. Like if you if you were to say he is to say he's an author, like that is what uh-huh. he does. So I mean, it fits pretty well. I mean, I think Girls Trip is a hilarious movie by comparison, um, and I think Malcolm. D. Lee does a better job directing Kenya's writing than he does himself. <laughs> yeah. That's how, how, yeah. how I walked away. But I mean, also, like, it's his first outing as a director, so it's not, you know, like, it doesn't have to be the best thing in the world. He always has room to improve and to top himself, like, um, as directors do, if they're any good at what they're doing. So I think he will have another... um outing that is better than this um but like you know for a netflix movie the stakes are relatively low i think people black people specifically were definitely showing up for this and talking about it and excited about seeing eddie and nia and then jonah probably too so i'm not mad at it I, i think like he made some good choices in terms of getting eyes on his work and other people that I saw, they loved it. They thought it was hilarious. They just thought Eddie was so good. And I was like, okay, well, did we watch the same movie? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It wasn't hilarious by any means. Um, but it didn't suck either. Like I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think. I, it was I come. I left the film saying that the wow, that, that didn't suck. You know, um, it'll it's forgettable. I'll never watch it again. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many other rom-coms I'm never watching again. Like, yeah. I'm never watching How to Lose a Guy or Failure to Launch. Like, I'm not uh-huh. watching that shit again. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. so it's it's fine. Like, you're not supposed to like. There are very few rom-coms that I'm like. Let me. Is let this me a watch rom-com? This I was I'd hesitant so. to use that word. Is it a rom-com? Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's very formulaic. They have a meet cute. And then they're yeah, in a relationship, yeah. and then something happens, and they break up, and Literally. they get back together. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's a rom com. <laughs> yeah, you got a valid point there. My favorite joke was the 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 string of the coat guy. No, 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 you know him. He's your friend. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that was the one joke that I admit I, I was laughing because they just kept driving that point home. And then he shows up and he throws the coke at him. <laughs> yeah, I love seeing club. Felipe Esparza. <laughs> He's like a really funny comedian. Who? Felipe Esparza. Uh, that, that the guy who threw the coke is. out? Yeah, he's from L.A. too. Yeah. Who did yeah. Who did you guys laugh at most in this film? I um, mean, the, the most I laughed was probably the David Duchovny, like John Legend uh-huh. bit. But um, yeah. outside of that, I didn't laugh that much, so I couldn't even tell you what yeah, else the, I laughed at. David Duchovny, the John, that was a funny moment. The coke moment was a funny moment for me. The rest of the film was just kind of, you know, I laughed, but it, you could have put anything in those situations. You know, like, I feel like any actor who said those words, I probably would have chuckled. You know, it, it I think those two, oh. the David Duchovny moment is very funny because it's also David Duchovny. I think there is some value in that um, and who is doing it. So there was a lot of moments that I just... I was just like, okay, this is just writing, and it's just it's just the pace is moving along. That's why, I, like I said, this Jonah Hill thing, it 
this is the one film that I was like, it, this is Jonah Hill being Jonah Hill, but it's not working anymore for me. Um, because clearly he wrote, he participated in the writing of the film. So it's, it's, it's lending itself to his style of humor, but I just, I don't know. I just think it's run its course with him. I like seeing Dion Cole. I mean, that, oh, yeah. I like that bit. Just seeing him, like his, his weird sense of humor was pretty funny to me. That's like the other moment that I laughed. That's the, was that the, the interior designer guy? Yeah. The Tron. The, Tron. <laughs> yeah. the vet planner, yeah. yeah. I was just like, Tron yeah. suits? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Around. Uh, I think um, I think I laughed at Sam J the most. Um, oh, yeah. We which said is I got titties. Yes. Yeah. I, I got, got titties. titties. <laughs> 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 Did you know I got titties? And he said, yes, it's on our chest. Um, <laughs> I think um, I, she... She to me, like when I'm watching pause with Sam J, like I, I'm always like very interested in the conversations. I think she's funniest in the party setting um, element where there's just like supposed to be casually talking about, you know, whatever topic. I think she's the funniest there. Um, and I don't enjoy her skits on that show as much. That's not, well, I'll say this. Her skits on the show are like the least funny part of the show. So like, it's surprising mm. to me. I like her doing this more than that. Like, um, I think she's like Lena Waite 2.0, but funnier um, in this situation. It felt like a, a space for Lena Waite. Like, right. But I don't think Lena Waite would have been this funny at all. Nah. Do you feel like this is Lauren London's best movie? I'm uh, not familiar with her body of work. It's like uh, Atlanta, <laughs> ATL. Oh. Goodness. Oof. I don't think anyone is like looking for Lauren to be good. I think we're looking for her to be pretty. Like, I can't think of a film where she has had more to do than she did in ATL. I felt Thank like you. she was trying to do that here. Like, I felt like she was trying to be more than just pretty in this movie. But I don't know if she has a range for it, though. I, I'm a little shocked at the, the subject matter. Um, even though it's not actors aren't supposed to do that, she just doesn't strike me as someone that would have thought this would be an interesting thing for her. I don't know, you know, if, especially if you're going to go down the LA route and be go with, with those strong visuals and those strong ideas. You know, she, she was with Nip and and showing off that part of life. I don't know. I I would have thought maybe she wouldn't be interested in a role like this. Huh. I mean, she she was fine and um without remorse what little she had to do there but like oh, I yeah. just I just I guess I just don't look to her to have like a stellar performance and I I don't think that comedy is her strong suit like I think like even her jokes at ATL like they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like I don't I think like the the lighthearted sensibility is right for her but like she's not funny by the way, oh, did man. you see that T.I. almost had drumline? Excuse me? He, he uh, T.I. almost, he auditioned for drumline. He almost had it. Which role? To, to play Devin Miles? Yeah, to play Nick Cannon's role. Oh, God, oh, wow. that is awful. Yeah, it's terrible because, like, he's from New York City and he goes to Atlanta. But for T.I. to already <laughs> have that accent or whatever. And, and then he's go not to Atlanta, shaking it that, like, sense. Yeah. He, he's not, like... Clifford Harris is not able to talk to you without mm -hmm. that. Like, but he couldn't. He couldn't play the drums. That's why they didn't take him. 
<laughs> your musicians can't play an instrument. Um, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> well, they're all of Nick child, uh, Nick Cannon's children probably owe owe Drumline a lot. So, you know, I'm yeah. glad that glad that he's in that role. You know who owes Drumline the most is a uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, I'm blanking on her name. She's in Avatar and uh, Zoe Saldana. Zoe Saldana. She owes She's in Drumline, Drumline the most. Huh? She's in Drumline? I had seen yeah. her before that. <laughs> but oh, really? Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's the movie that put on stage. Yeah. I feel like that's the movie that put on the map. And now she's in like three of the top four highest grossing movies of all time. Like, I think it's crazy. that's the movie that put her on the map for black. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She was She was in a movie where she's a ballerina, which she, she was a dancer before yeah. that um and they gave her a lot more to do than they gave her to do in um in drumline but i drumline, think like yeah. that was when black people were like it's the same like rosario dawson like she was in kids and then kids, black people yeah. didn't know who she was until he got game they was like nah, nah, nah. And i was like oh yeah that's the chick from the other thing <laughs> so right. but I, I mean yeah i lord london what does she what does she even do next like hold on let me uh, i'll pull that up for you I don't know. Cause she I don't even know what she does day to day because I feel like she's been in two movies. Without remorse was like post Nipsey. Oh right? yeah. Yeah, that so was. So we have uh ooh, let me go back to two thousand right. We've got us ATL. Um I'm I'm skipping a few here. The, the, I know this she was on the game. Or like this came Christmas, back yes, but she doesn't do anything in that movie either. Next day air. Oh, uh, I don't know movie. what that is. Yeah, that's. I the, love um... you. I love you, Beth Cooper. Nope. Medea's big no. happy family doesn't do anything in that. Tiana Taylor makes like single her look single like ladies. She's not there. I don't remember her in that. Uh, a movie called Baggage Claim. I don't remember uh, her in Baggage Claim. That is a Paula Patton movie. The game. I remember, T- I remember Tia Mowry in that movie for the two Whatever. seconds she was in it, but I do not remember Lauren London being a baggage claim. We got a movie called The Perfect Match. Uh, we've she got. Never have any any anything coming up after this? I've got a movie called Always and Forever Without nope. Remorse. Uh, games people play a TV series. Uh, a TV series called True Story, and then New People. So. Yeah, and she doesn't have any upcoming projects. Yeah. And then she's not... A lot of these are like B-black movies and she's not a lead in them. So I, feel, I, yeah. I don't know what she does next. If she keeps acting, I don't I don't know what she does. I didn't I mean, realize I think there's she a lot of 38 either, which that was the first thing that um, my best friend said. She was like, is Nia old enough to play Lauren London's mom? <laughs> I was like, uh, I I guess not, but what do you do? How old is Nia Long? Like fifty-two. Yeah, and yeah, Lawrence that would that would be considerable. Yeah. Yeah, Ian I, Jonas says thirty-five in the movie. I don't know if he's really thirty-five, but that'll put them characters in their mid-30s but so. i mean julia louis dreyfus like the, the, i was thinking well is she old enough to play jonah's mom when i looked it up she's like in her early 60s i was like she looks good <laughs> yeah like 
you know, by comparison to some of her peers that age, like, I'm like, okay, girl. We try. We try. A few, <laughs> a few of us hopefully will hold strong on, like, my my avocado-looking self. So. You look fine. Shut up. Thanks. It's kind of crazy she's, like, the most successful. I mean, not maybe money-wise, but after Seinfeld, it's, like, she's the one that, like, popped the most. I'd say so. Yeah. Because Jerry I, I just mean, didn't like, stand up, and that's it, pretty much. And, and Jason Alexander kind of did a couple things, but he did like a lot of character work. But yeah, and Kramer, that, that Seinfeld money <laughs> is is massive. Yeah. Oh yeah, with Kramer. <laughs> but um, that Seinfeld money is serious. So I'm yeah. I'm sure that it allows for some flexibility in your future. <laughs> Shouts out to Larry David. Yeah. So if 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 Seinfeld didn't. 70 million a year off royalties i don't know you know so i don't sure know what she's getting makes a, a handsome salary a handsome salary but she <laughs> gets seinfeld and veep so mm, cool mm-hmm. and then she's doing marvel shit she's she's fine like this yeah, was probably fun good. for her um so what do you like what do you think kenya barris does next i don't know i feel Wait, like around. i feel like this isn't like I don't know. Maybe I feel like he has to have something else in the bag, like something else in the tuck. Because it's like you said, like, I think he put this out on Netflix because he's just testing the waters. Like, Uh it isn't like a huge gamble. Like, if you put this in theaters and people hated it, like, he would have a hard time making another movie. He might be able to make TV, but as far as putting another movie in theaters, it would be a problem. So I think he wanted to make this test it to see if people liked it and then go bigger i don't know what type of movie he would make but if i i think it is successful at least people are talking about it so um i am interested to see what he'll do next and hopefully he could kind of fix some of the problems he had with this movie and and maybe apply that to the his next one oh but what do you want to see him do well i'm seeing that he is the writer on white man can't jump which is in post-production I don't even know who's in that. Let's take a look. And then it says he's a writer on Uptown Saturday Night, which is in development. But I think that's Well, I know it's Jack Harlow. Is it White Man Can't Jump? Yeah. The F. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Who? who? Okay. I think Andrew Schultz is in there, too. Uh, He is. Vet Staples. Just they just do anything now. Like, really? <laughs> Jay Alphonse is in it. Uh, Jay Alphonse Nicholson. I like Lil Murda for, for those of you who are initiated. Um, I I I like him. Like of the people I see on the on the list, like he's the one person. I'm like, oh, Tiana Taylor's in it. I this heard is, House Party was terrible. That it looks terrible. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what are you people even doing? Um, I don't see any more. Let's see. For him, he has three director credits. And uh, it's just, um, he did two episodes of Black AF, three episodes of Blackish, and then this movie. So he doesn't have any more directing projects coming up, but he obviously um, is producing and, and writing. He's not, he's, he's a producer on White Man Can't Jump. And something called Bright Futures and something else called The Underdogs. 
I don't know. I guess we. I guess we're gonna see. Like, I wonder if see. this is gonna inspire to make the long-awaited sequel to something new, which is still the greatest interracial rom-com of all time. And um, I didn't like how they made Sanaa a bitch in that movie, but like <laughs> something new was. Cute. I'm being that, a joke. I'm being facetious. I, I did like that movie though, and I like uh, that director. She did uh, just right, also Sanaa, uh, uh, but I don't. Know, she does a lot. She does a lot more television. She that was a much more films. realistic film, in my opinion. But I, be- I believe that like Sanaa would screw him though. Like, is it? Um, I mean, it, it to me it was it was a more grounded film. You know, obviously you you. It's grounded and it's trying to be a little bit more realistic and more serious in in all aspects of the film, from the casting to the you know, but obviously still be comedic in its own way. That's funny. That that director has most recently worked on like Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she works a lot. Um, I say in terms of like interracial love stories, like this one doesn't rank as high as that one. Um, and I and like my first question was, I was like, oh, it's a reversed guess who's coming to dinner but that was because none of the marketing that i saw had julia louis dreyfus in it so it didn't seem like um the story was being told from both sides so i just kind of was like didn't we just get this with barney and ashton kutcher like that's what i was thinking too yeah but um i guess it is more like a meet the fuckers but yeah because i mean i thought there was going to be a big meet and greet scene you know, between Jonah and, and Eddie, and it was just, they just opened with the Roscoe scene. It was just like, they had already met prior to that scene. You know, it wasn't, so I, I, I lost that connection probably pretty early on, but but they did it with um, the mom. They had a big meeting scene, which I thought, I just thought they were going to do. I thought they were going to duplicate that on both sides. I thought and, so too. I thought it know. was weird that he was meeting them for the first time when he was asking her to marry him. And they Oh, I didn't with- interpret that. I interpret they'd already met. That wasn't the first time they had met. I didn't. I didn't get that from that scene. It was just he asked him to go to lunch because he wanted to, which is why it made it like strange to me because I didn't interpret it as their first time. So clearly, if it's not their first time, then then he's been a jerk to him anyways prior to that. So, so do you think that that scene was cut? Maybe, um, because you're right. Like, I mean, they they had a, a complete. I, I did find it odd to not have the big meeting scene, like to have it mirrored on both sides of the have community. it mirrored on both sides, and to and to know how Eddie's character reacted so strongly to him, to and to not see the look on his face when he opens the door and sees him. I thought that would have been something they would have easily put in. So, I mean, remember she was lying about him. Remember, remember when she in earlier, um, she just kind of wasn't said, saying she was dating a white guy, yeah. But she said he's Muslim, blah blah blah, and like she was like kind of building this kind of story out of it, and they never showed him finding out that none of that was true. So I, I think I yeah. would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. Too. It, I think it must. And have it had the dude had from. Um, I can't think of name? why they would set that up. Yeah, that is kind of strange, right? And it's only an hour and a half. It couldn't have. Couldn't have hurt the film that much. Uh-uh. So. Yeah. All right, guys. Do you have anything more to say on Netflix's strong black lead outing du jour, you people? I thought it was cool. Um, like I said, it's forgettable. Um, there were some funny moments. Um, but I, I'm I'm more excited to see. I'm hoping Andrew Schultz pursues some some comedy in his future. He didn't do much in the movie, but 
I hope that sets the stage for him. Uh, I like David Duchovny. Uh, I liked Eddie to some degree. I don't know. It's just kind of a... I, Netflix is doing this now, that it, and they're doing it with every genre, where they're just making these films that just kind of occupy your time. Everybody makes money. Everybody gets their subscription, and then we move on. And I think this is just another example of that. So, I just hope Kenya Barris doesn't get to a point where he's like, um, like, oh man, I'm blanking on everybody's name today. Um, Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, where it's like he's just doing every black movie <laughs> at a certain point. Like, I kind of want certain stuff to be split up with like other auteurs and other directors and other writers to see like a different perspective. I, I feel like Hollywood does this sometimes. I mean, I, Malcolm D. Lee is one of my favorite directors, but I feel like they did that with him too. Where it was just like all the black comedies were going to throw you away and not give it to anybody else. Um, I, I didn't know what he did besides Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins, Girls Trip, and and Best Man. I didn't know. I don't oh. I can't think of anything else he directed. <laughs> barbershop. Like he has a huge, oh, he's barbershop. He has okay. a huge like list of like black movies that and you that's wouldn't him even and know. Kenya together also. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. And one of my I favorites, guess. Undercover Brother. But um I did not like Welcome Home <laughs> Roscoe Jenkins and I have no desire to watch Undercover Brother. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Dave Chappelle's in that movie and, and uh yeah, there's a lot of people in that movie that's that you wouldn't expect. But um yeah, I don't want Kenya Bears to be like, Oh, we're gonna throw all the black comedies his way because I don't necessarily think he's like the funniest black um writer out there. I mean, I feel like there's other people that are funnier. But um I do want to see what he does next and I didn't hate the movie. Um I, I just thought it it's it's Netflix. It's like uh-huh. with Netflix I feel like somebody has to tell me like something is good on Netflix. I just don't I never believe it at this point. I don't even watch that much Netflix stuff. Like somebody has to literally say like no, you need to watch this. This is this is great. So yeah, you told me you needed like three references these days. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> like, what's that chess show? I forgot what it what it was called. Queen's and I watched Gambit. Queen's yeah, Gambit. Anna. Like, mad people had to tell me that was good before. Like, I watched it. Oh. And I still haven't watched Kaleidoscope. I think that's what we were talking about. That was fun. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Oh yeah. It was a novel concept and it was fun, but it's not like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But it was, it was like, I wasn't mad at my time being spent watching that. I thought it was fun. A real quick, um, just straight to your head. Like, what do you think's winning the Oscar for best, best picture this year before we get off? Uh, I got to look up the, I got to look up the actual nominees. (laughs) It's also, it gets more every year. So 17 nominated. All right, hold on. Let, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm pulling going back it up. to our story, so I can look at it. That's <laughs> yeah. where I, I put it there, so that's where I know that it is. All right, I'll start it off. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which I'm kind of shocked. That's a Netflix film, I believe. Yeah. Um, Avatar, uh, The Banshees of Anisha. I, I butchered that, sorry. Uh, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fable, the Fable Men's, which Steven Spielberg making a movie about himself, I think is real corny. Um, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. What would I like to see win? 
Yeah. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I would like to see when. Um, I know you think it's corny that the Fable Woman's got made, but the Academy likes movies about movies, so well, <laughs> I think that's why it's there. And I wouldn't I, count it out just yet. I'm just saying, Spielberg. Like you didn't have to do that. Like you, your body of work is solid. It's been a little rocky the last couple of years, but like, I just felt like you're better than that. Like you don't need to make a movie about yourself, man. We know who you are. Apparently, it's really oh. good. I just have no interest in watching it. Hey, good for them. What? what I didn't see Elvis. I don't know because I haven't seen any of. I, all I've seen is Top Gun, and oh, yeah. Top Gun was cool. It was it was a fun movie. It ain't best picture. Um, because I I just just don't think that's the kind of movie that wins best picture. But uh, you know, I just you I should... haven't seen I haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. I haven't seen You're Elvis. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just haven't seen it. I'm I'm really bad right now, guys. I I haven't. I've been to the theater twice in the last three years. Yeah, but I Once, watched that months ago on my television screen. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, well, then, hey, where is it? Let me know. I'll look it I, up I'll, for I'll, you. Tars on Peacock, you. which I I did see that. I did twice. see that. Yeah, I've been on this TV too. I've been watching. A yeah, lot I've seen of all TV. of them except for Elvis and All, all Quiet on the Western Front. What's your thought? Uh, um, I I would be cool with. Everything, every, uh, that's probably what I want to win is everything, everywhere, all at once. Just because I don't know if it's the best movie, but it is like the most modern movie as far as like taking the Academy in a completely different direction. And as far as younger people getting to make like their own style of movies, like it's it's the most stylish movie I've seen in a really long time. And, and it had the most like, it's probably the best theater experience I've had since like Get Out. Like as far as just being in the theater with a bunch of people watching it, it was really great. So I mean, as far as crowd crowd pleasing, uh, I definitely want to see that win. But I wouldn't be mad if Tar won, and I I, I definitely wouldn't want to see anything else win. For real. as far as best picture though. Oh, even women talking. So I'm thinking that's gonna take home a bunch of Oscars too, just because of the the feminism element. But I do think that um, I think everything, everywhere, all at once, in terms of the messaging, um, is very good. I think the innovative storytelling, like you said, is very good. Um, that was a movie that, like, it took an unexpected arc for me, and I was just really all in and enjoyed it. I didn't think I was gonna like it as much as I did, and it yeah. was fun and weird. And I don't know that people who are not film people would necessarily love it as much as I did, but. Um, they are the film people are the ones who are voting so yeah i i i really enjoyed it did anybody see the whale no 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 and i, I like mean, darren aronofsky but uh that just didn't look enjoyable at all it looked like a, i just I, I just keep hearing so much about brendan fraser and um just curious that's all yeah this is like his comeback movie basically but i, I, hey, I we can get we can get the mummy five finally <laughs> yeah. after all these years Oh, Tom so, Cruise tried it. It didn't work. It did not work at all. <laughs> they 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 were missing Brendan Fraser. They need to bring him back. Yeah. So. All right. Well, in the words of our missing leader, um, I think that's going to do it for you people. You can find us on socials at Kind of Movie Critics at face on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter you can find us at Kind of Movie Crits. That's C R I T S. And um, as always, please remember. We're kind of like movie critics. We're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.